Cajun Nation. Two out of three against UC Irvine. How awesome is that? Josh, I'll go ahead and start with you, man. You were probably there the most of any of us. Uh, what were your What were your thoughts on on this team taking taking two out of three against the number fourteen team in the country? Um, yeah, I was there all twenty seven innings, so I'll try to be I'll try to give as much insight as I was able to watch. Had the kids, so bear with me if I miss a few things. But uh, when's the last time? First of all, that is about as good of a college baseball series as you're going to see. That was excellent baseball. You had everything. You had home runs. You had great defense. You had good pitching. You had chaos on the base pass. You had, I mean, the outfield play was outrageous. That Heath Hood catch on Friday was absurd. Uh, TR at, at, uh, at the hot corner yesterday made some plays. Rock today. Uh, defense. I mean, if you're not excited about this defensive lineup, I don't know what to say. I mean, that was exciting baseball. The, the crowd was great. The atmosphere was great. It felt like old times. Probably the most energetic crowd we've had at the T since probably since the first year, um, maybe since Texas, honestly. Uh, but you know, you, you had an opportunity to see a good baseball team come into the the T and test a, a lot of new players on this roster. You got an opportunity to see the Cajuns counterpunch after they got bloodied. That was the my biggest takeaway. Was you know we got down, we had some big moments. There was some lightning rod moments. But the Cajuns fought all weekend, and that's what we've been missing. Cajuns baseball hasn't been the same over the last four or five years. We, we just haven't had that grit and that moxie. I think you saw it this weekend. Uh, the Anteaters are very, very good. They are probably, if not just a regional team, they're a super regional team. And if you look at their schedule, they're going to have a lot of opportunity to get that RPI up. And they're, they're look at their conference. Long Beach State just went on the road and won two, and I don't know if they won their game today against Mississippi State. But to go into the national reigning champions home and, and take the first two, and on Saturday they just beat the hell out of them, 13-3. So Irvine's going to have an opportunity to win some games. That's going to help our RPI. That's something that we, we shouldn't forget. I think that's going to help us out down the road. Um, ben Fitzgerald was good this weekend. He, he wasn't great today. But he had some big hits, narrowly missed a home run on Saturday. Um, or no, that was Friday. Narrowly missed a home run. But he had he had a lot of good opportunities. He came up with people on base that felt like every game. Uh, so it was good to see Ben. I hope nothing but the best. He's a good player. I wish he'd have stayed here. But that lineup, they have a great lineup. I mean, McGuire, no, it was uh, uh, McCaffrey, their catcher. He was, he was a problem. He was always giving our pitching staff a problem every time he came up to bat, it felt like. Um, they had a little latitude with him. They had energy in the dugout. That was fun. It was fun to watch a little West Coast baseball. But I, my takeaway is that our team came to fight. And Saturday, they again, they struck first, but then they got punched back. And in so many other cases, we've just laid down and we didn't fight back. Uh, today, especially today, but this weekend, that was not the case. This team has a little something with it. I love their attitude. Yeah, you know, I was I was looking at the the situation um with Long Beach State, by the way, Mississippi State took them to the woodshed twelve to four. Um but talking about going back to the Cajuns, talking about this team, you know, you, you hit the nail on the head. This team has a level of energy that we haven't seen in a very long time. Just just the way that they're able to you know, 
I, I loved the plate discipline. You know, Jerry and I talked about it, but before we started this, they didn't swing at too many pitches out of the zone. You didn't you didn't whiff at balls, especially for strike three. We don't strike out a lot. Um, made good contact. Had a level of power that I haven't seen in a long time. Uh, Connor Kimple should probably be Sunbelt Player of the Week. Uh, three home runs in three games. I mean, are you kidding me? Uh, Heath Hood had a, had a hell of a catch Friday night. Josh, you alluded to that. Um, you know, we'll forgive him for the for the bobbled grounder in left field. I think it just short hopped right in front of his glove that that opened up the series of runs that Irvine was able to get against us on Friday. Pitching, I thought, was solid. Um, you know, I like Bo Bonds for for obvious reasons. He faced, I think, he faced eight batters and struck out five of them. So that's heavily impressive. Kyle DeBarge is is everything as advertised. This group just, I, I said it on on my personal Twitter page, and I'll and I'll say it again on here, recorded so that people can pull it back up if they need to later in the year. I think this team's special. I think this team's going to do a lot of special things, you know, down down the stretch, down the line. Um, Kendall Rogers said it, and, and I'll agree with him. I think this is a regional team. Well, they played like it this weekend. Uh, you mentioned offense, and you mentioned being more disciplined at the plate, and I don't disagree. I think that I think that uh, some of these transfers have a little bit more plate dis- discipline than we had last year. But I thought the most offensive, uh, impressive thing offensively is that Friday night, you know, Irvine came out with a, a game plan. We exposed the game plan early, okay? And then they figured out that our guys were starting to get under the ball and pulling it out of the ballpark. And they did a great job starting to throw the ball in the outside part of the plate. We kept trying to pull the ball, and obviously we were hunting fastballs, and we kept, I mean, how many times did we strike out looking uh, from the, what, fifth inning on? I mean, we were looking at strikes because we were, trying to sit on pitches, and it worked early, but credit to Irvine, they're well coached, they made the adjustment. When we came out Saturday, how many balls were served to right field? That is the mark of a team that understands how to play the game, and I'm not saying that we didn't have that last year, I think we tried to do too much in some in certain circumstances last year, this team was able to do it. You know, Max Marshak didn't have eye-popping numbers offensively, but he was a chaos creator. He got on base six or seven times throughout the weekend. I think he scored four or five runs. He was always in the middle of the rallies and the three-run innings, okay? He was always on base, it seemed like, every time you looked up. Those are the kind of guys that are going to make a difference going later into the season and going into postseason play. They don't have to be pretty in order to get production. Uh, but even even in out, we started serving the ball to right field, trying to go oppo. You know, the only guy that I thought didn't really do that well was Bobby. I thought Bobby had a tough plate a tough weekend at the plate. And, um, you know, Deggs has said a few times that Heath Hood was probably the best hitter on the team going into the Irvine series, and he had a tough go at the dish. And I thought he also struggled to go oppo. But it's still you could still see the concerted effort to try to make the adjustment to the Irvine game plan. They did that. Uh, and they did that in-game on Sunday. So there was a progression offensively. I love to see the strategy change and the ebb and the flow of the game uh, starting Friday and into the end of the game Sunday. You could see them actually executing the game plan. That was important. I don't think we did that very well last year, and I don't think we did it the year before that, the shortened year uh, for COVID. I thought we struggled to do that. So that is important. That is going to get us 
if you want to be a consistently good offensive, uh, um, you know, producing offense, you have to be able to win multiple different ways. How many times did Tony say that throughout the 27 years he was here? You know, that's what we got to do. We got to be able to strike fear with power. We have to be able to put the ball in the gap. We have to be able to bunt. We have to be able to run the bases. We have to be able to steal. We did that. I thought we exposed their catcher very well. But most importantly, we adjusted to the pitchers. We did that well this weekend. I, I hope that doesn't get lost in the shuffle. Jerry Bear, what you got about this weekend, man? Well, Tony Robichaux gave three three keys to victory. He used to say it all the time. Play good defense, pitch well, get the timely hit. We went three for three. Um, I thought we did a really good job um, responding. I haven't seen a UL baseball team respond against quality competition like this, being down, you know, twice, two games in a row, both yesterday and today. Um, you know, we gave up a few three-run innings, and yet we responded. And that's, you know, that that's, that's Dag's ball in a nutshell. Um, you know, offensively, we have enough power behind, you know, uh, in the batter's box to respond. I thought we did a good job of doing that. I thought the, the main guys, uh, the key hitters, the, the returning the returning guys from last year were the ones who really stepped up. That seniority of leadership uh, and setting examples on the field is going to carry the newer guys. Uh, you know, Connor Kimple, like you said, I mean, there's no question in my book he should be the player of the week. Uh, I thought, you know, C.J. Willis got a big-time hit uh, in the bottom of the eighth to, uh, to, get the, to get an RBI in, kind of put the game away. And, um, of course, crossing Rockerford. I mean, how about that? True sophomore coming in. Got a key hit today. Got a home run the other day. Got some big hits. So you have a lot of that seniority uh, in the lineup that did a really good job stepping up and kind of setting that example. Uh, you know, the Heath Hoods, um, guys like that, they're going to get better. They're going to improve. Uh, I thought Bobby Lede, like you said, Josh, didn't have the best weekend, but I think he's going to come around. Did a great job at second base. And uh, I look, Kyle DeBarge, we've been talking about him since, since fall. He, he's lived up to his reputation. He's lived up to the hype. Did a fantastic job to, uh, this weekend, actually, not just today, but this weekend. Really covers a lot of ground at shortstop. But one thing, I, one thing that I want to point out, both BT and Chipper Menard each gave up three runs, and they're kind of the veteran uh, guys on the mound. But one thing's for sure about those guys, they're going to get better. They're going to improve. It's just one bad outing for each. But I got to give a shout-out to the new guys that stepped in. You know, Dylan Fout yesterday came in and closed. Tommy Ray pitched four scoreless innings the other night on Friday. And then Bo Bonds struck out five. I think he pitched about three innings today to close it out. We got a lot of new guys coming in on the mound that I was very unsure of because obviously you come play at this level, you play a hitting team, uh, a, a good hitting team uh, against UC Irvine, you really have a lot of question marks on what you're going to see. And I thought our guys really stepped up on the mound today, especially in clutch times whenever we were able to get some go-ahead runs and hold on to the lead. That is going to carry us against some good competition as, as, as the season goes on. Uh, I'm not ready to um, talk about this being a, a regional team and we're going to do this, we're going to do that, but I'll say this. This is a team that's good enough to make a regional. This is a team that's good enough to make a run. Um, I'm waiting to see what we do next weekend. Obviously, you want to beat Southeastern on Tuesday night. But I think next weekend is going to be a great test, as well as the following weekend when Southern Miss comes to town. But so far, so good. I like what I see this weekend. I thought the way we responded when we were down is crucial. Because, again, we haven't had a team like this since probably around 15 or 16 teams that can respond when facing adversity. And doing it two days in a row 
against a really, really good UC Irvine team. You don't rank a team number 14 in the nation for nothing. So um, just a great weekend overall. I was very pleased with the crowd. It's great to have the team packed again. Shout out to Cajun Nation, the atmosphere. I, I've missed that atmosphere. It was fantastic. So no complaints from me. Great weekend overall. We did all three phases of the game. Played good defense, pitched well, got the timely hit. We're 2-1. and one. Hopefully we get some respect by, uh, by the pundits this week, and let's continue it on Tuesday. Yeah, you know, I, like like you put it perfectly. Um, I, I like Bo Bonds. I, I can't say that enough. First of all, hell of a name, Bo Bonds. I think his real name is Landon, but you know, we'll, we'll we'll just call him Bo because it's fun. Bo knows, right? But you know, again, I think the biggest message of this team is is the the way that they were willing to to come back from adversity, come back from being down. You know, you, you looked at teams from the past, especially last year's team and the year before. If this team, if that team, if those teams would have been in the situation that our team was in this weekend, I don't know if we'd have won any games. I really don't. Um, so, so the way that they were able to to respond, the way they were when when they were down and their backs were against the wall. Uh, I thought was was very impressive, and that's going to be a great trait going forward because, like you said, Jerry, the schedule doesn't get any easier. Southeastern's a good club. Uh, you, you go to Round Rock next weekend to play Indiana, um, Arkansas, and Stanford. Stanford and Arkansas are currently in the top five in America. Then you come back, you play a home-and-home back-to-back nights with Northwestern. Again, another solid uh, Southland club. And then you, you got Southern Miss coming to town, and that's probably our second largest baseball rival behind South Alabama. And uh, Southern Miss is about to be in the Sun Belt. They're going to come back to the Teague after the disrespect that they showed us last year. So, you know, I, I'm looking forward to that series. That's just going to be a just a smash-mouth rivalry type of series, and, and those are always fun. So looking forward to that. Um Noticing some of the people that are in the space right now, we're going to go ahead and open it up to listener feedback, listener comments about this weekend. So if you guys want to jump in and share your thoughts on on the three games against Irvine, you're more than welcome to do that. Put in a request, and uh, we will we will take you one by one. Shout out to my older brother for jumping in, as always. Uh, dude's basically like our number one fan, so... Appreciate you hanging out, bud. Lane, I see you're the you're the first one to to get a request in. So what you got, man? We can definitely uh, hit the ball better than we have in the last couple of years, just in three days, especially with the long ball. Uh, definitely didn't. I mean, I expected it to some extent, but for Connor Kimple to have three home runs in three days is uh, unreal to me. The best, I think it's the best start he's had since uh, he's been with the team. Yeah, you know it's it's definitely it's definitely the best start for sure. Um, just my personal observation, I think he looks healthy. I don't I don't know how many guys truly looked healthy last year, but you know Connor Connor just looks like he's on another level. Um, he looks like he's having fun out there. He looks like he's healthy. Like I said. 
Uh, I mean, three home runs in three days. I alluded to it in the beginning. I think he's going to be the Sun Belt Conference Player of the Week. I mean, how how do you, how are you not when again three home runs in three days? Um, I think it was eight base hits total for Connor on, on the weekend. Just an absolute unreal, uh, unreal numbers for for the kid from Whitefish Bay, Wisconsin. Lane, that the health thing is a big thing. I talked to Kemp after the game. I told him that he looked great. He said he felt great and he's healthy. So there were he did battle some things last year that really didn't come out, but he's healthy. He's healthy and he doesn't feel the load of the entire lineup. If you remember towards the end of the season last year, he was just trying to he was trying to do too much. He was trying to hit the ball out of the ballpark at every at bat. You could tell uh, he was stressed out. Uh, he felt like you know he's one of what we used to call last year Degs guys, one of his guys. Well, we got like twenty eight. Degs guys now, and uh, I don't think that he feels all the pressure that he felt last year. He was able to kind of just settle into his role, and I mean it shows what he got. Seven, he I think seven or eight hits this weekend. But when's the last time a Cajun batter hit a home run in every game of an opening series at home? I, I can't. I it's don't been a know. while. It's it's been since the nineties, I think. So look, if Kemp can stay hot, you know we don't need him to hit five hundred, but if he can give us something out of the DH, because I don't think he'll end up in left field. I think I think Hood is going to round out into our left fielder, and I think Kemp is your DH. If Kemp can give us something out of the DH spot like that, I mean, half of that, we're going to be dangerous offensively. You know, one thing I wanted to add to as well this weekend, as far as bats go, um, you know, in the past, a lot of times we would chase a lot of pitches, chase a lot of some dirty pitches, we chase on the ground. I thought we were a lot more disciplined at the plate this weekend. I thought some of our strikeouts, you know, Friday night we struck out looking a few times. But for the most part, even in, even in certain at-bats where we struck out, we made contact. Uh, we put the ball in play. Um, or, I'm sorry, we fouled the ball off or we would make contact. And then even on our ground outs, we still put the ball in play. I'm noticing the plate discipline has, has you know, so far through these three games looked well improved. Um, it looks like we're we're being very very careful on, on on pitch selection as far as what we're swinging at and what we're not swinging at, uh, and which was crucial. I mean, you look at the eighth inning. I believe we had what one or two walks that got us on base to get those two those two runs or three runs. So I think that goes a long way. And on top of that, uh, I believe we got a few of Irvine's pitchers. We got their pitch count up by not necessarily chasing too much, and that was something that was nice to see. I think when you have that type of discipline. When you go play in Arkansas and you face those type of pitches that can easily go six or seven innings, that's going to help a lot. That's going to help a lot. And back to what you said about Kemple, uh, Josh, hitting's contagious. You know, you keep him in the DH spot or playing in the outfield, it doesn't matter. You're, it's going to be contagious where you're going to have other guys like Rocco. You're going to have other guys like, like T-Rob. They're going to step up. And I think, again, I, I thought that the plate discipline was, was really, really um, – really well improved so far. So hopefully um, players don't get too hungry. They still stay patient. And and hopefully the guys that really didn't have the best weekend can step up with guys like Kemp and, and Rocco setting that example at the plate and just being very careful on, their, uh, on what to swing at and what not to swing at. Also, one, I thing, I did no- one thing I did Link. notice about ahead, games outside of this weekend or whatever, uh, Arkansas lost its Friday opener. So it's not like they're unbeatable, which is, I mean, everybody's going to get beat at some point. But um, if we can go toe-to-toe with them on Friday, 
that'd be huge for us. Arkansas, if they do not have the lineup that Irvine has, I'm just telling you. They can pitch and they can play defense, but they will not hit like Irvine hits. And we'll see that. But I wanted to say this that I was gonna say this had we lost or won today regardless. We saw some very bad ball strike umpires this weekend. Really bad. Ron yeah. Broussard is always terrible. And he was his usual terrible self. Uh, uh, Jeremy Hayes was as bad, or if not worse, than Ryan was. And the guy today was okay, but in the later innings, he started getting a little bit. He he widened his zone. I thought that affected a lot. Uh, I thought it affected the hitters on both sides. So, yes, the plate discipline was much improved. Uh, yes, we were selective, but I just want everybody to keep that in mind. I thought the zone was so all over the place that it's hard to really tell how disciplined we are or or we're not. So let's just – I want to temper that. Uh, Personally, that's how I'm kind of approaching it. Man, the the umpiring – the officiating crew as a whole wasn't very good. There was a few times – Kyle DeBarge was so safe on Saturday on the double play, it wasn't even funny. I mean, he he had taken a step past the bag, and the dude called him out. It was so bad. Uh, But but anyway, I just want to keep everybody – you know. I want to, I want to be excited about a great win, but also, the officiating crew was just horrendous. So I didn't want to say that. Yeah, but I think if, if you look at like this whole weekend as a whole, what got the Cajun offense going was the first leadoff batter or the second batter getting on base, and we kind of reverted back, which I don't have a problem with, back to the rogue era days of bunting somebody over to second base where you have a, a, a player in scoring position, one out, and that puts pressure on the pitcher. So I think a lot of these things that happened with the Cajun offense was a was a fact of Irvine's pitching, feeling the pressure, and trying to force or make a pitch. And basically, UL's offense, we were just capitalizing off the mistakes the pitcher would give us. And I think for this whole weekend, we dropped game one, but in all, I think we took what the game gave us. We didn't try to make anything happen. We just let the game come to us. And especially that's what you got to do when you're playing against these higher-ranked teams. Take what they give you. And I think that's what we did really well this weekend. Pitching came in. They've got some jams, especially Saturday night. But our pitching got, got themselves out of the jam. Saturday night, Irvine left 12-1 base. So I think for the first three games, complete team so far. I, I got to allude to what you just said about the, um, you know, taking what the pitchers give you. I was very impressed. Like you said, I mean, look, the first inning yesterday, we scored three runs, and I want to say we might have gotten maybe one base hit past the infield. Everything else was bunts, and we're hitting guys over. And, you know, that's one thing we love to talk about during the, you know, the 2014 team. You know, whether you bat one through nine, whether you can mash or hit, you know, grounders or hit, hit, hit balls to the wall, um, you know, it didn't matter. If Deggs wanted you to bunt, you bunted. And so that's one thing I find about a Degs type team, and, and Robe is very similar. It, you can look one second you're you're swinging for the fence, the next minute you're you're playing small ball. And I think that and look, that's how Irvine beat us on Friday. Uh, you know that five run that five run inning. I mean, most of those hits were bunts, and we just couldn't we couldn't field it. And so yeah, yeah, I mean that that's what makes that's what makes Irvine Irvine. That's that California style of, of small ball, and I think that's one thing that Degs is good at, uh, and that's kind of his forte is learning how to turn on the small ball and learning how to turn on gorilla ball, you know, and vice versa. So I was very pleased by that. I think that was a very good point you made, Jack. And, um, you know, that, that's what makes it fun to watch. I, I love watching that. And when a player can adjust that quick on a Don, 
it makes your team so much more dangerous because, like you said, you put pressure on, on the pitcher, and that's exactly what happened in the eighth inning today. Again, we were patient at the plate, and we, we took what the defense gave us or took what the pitching gave us, and, and look what happened. We got the win. Zach, perfectly said, I think our biggest flaw over the last three or four years is that we waste opportunities that other teams would give to us. That, was what, that to me, was so frustrating last year and the year uh, before COVID, the Hayden uh, Cantrell years. It's like we had these opportunities. We put ourselves in positions, but we, we, could, we could never execute simple bunts. Or, you know, when we had an opportunity to break a team's back, we just wouldn't do it. I don't know what it was, but it, it's a great point. We took advantage of our opportunities this entire weekend. The three-run inning on Saturday that ultimately gave us the runs we needed to win the game happened on the, the foul ball that was dropped, right? If you guys remember that, that's how that entire inning started. So, I mean, look at Irvine. Irvine had how many hits with two outs to score runs this weekend? Had to be four or five. So if this team is going to take the opportunities that's given to them, we're going to be very dangerous, and it's a great point, Zach. You know, one guy that we haven't talked about yet that I was very impressed with this weekend, and Zach kind of alluded to it, is Max Marshak. Um, You know, he was one of those guys that he transferred here from Texas Tech. He didn't get many opportunities at Texas Tech and the opportunities that he was given he didn't really capitalize on and so I get where I get why some people had you know their doubts about Max but man the way he was able to command the batter's box this weekend and once he was on base kid might be the fastest base runner in college baseball i mean just a freaky level of speed um and you know a, a lot of times like zach alluded to marshock would get on tr would bunt him over and if you got a guy that fast in scoring position with only one out you're dangerous and and you know zach put it perfectly that's what kind of gave us the the distinct advantage that we had in, in a lot of situations because uc irvine's pitchers felt the pressure of having a kid like marshock in scoring position with only one out. I mean, he could steal third easily. So that was that was dangerous, and, and having that kind of speed on the base paths is something that I'm definitely looking forward to. Yeah, hey, Matt, I was talking to uh, Connor Higgs' grandfather. He actually sat by us. I think their season tickets is next to us. Um, he said that Max Marshak, they're from Texas City, and they're, you know, if you're from Texas, South Texas, Southeast Texas, you follow high school baseball. He said coming out of high school, uh, he was obviously a top recruit. But when he, right before he got to UL, he was, he was um, a six, his 60-yard dash is a 6.3. So you talk about him being one of the fastest guys in college baseball. Might sound like hyperbole, but he's super fast. I know that. And, I mean, look, anytime the ball's on the ground in the infield, you feel like he's going to reach. And, you know, like I said at the top, he was in the middle of everything this weekend. That's why he's leading off, and I don't see why he can't continue to do that. He really, again, he didn't barrel up anything. He had a, you know, he had a base hit today, but most of his stuff is on the ground. He takes pitches. He's a, he's a, a very disciplined hitter. I look for Max to continue to get better, and it's like Kendall said, you know, Kendall Rogers. He said that his comp was Dex Kersad. Well, now I understand why he thinks that. When you compare anybody to Tech Kerstad, that means you have high expectations. And, and I thought he did a pretty good job today or this weekend overall. He got a few base hits. And, and no, he is very fast. I was very surprised by his speed, actually, considering 
his size. He's a little bit taller, a little bit heftier, not heftier, but stronger. Looks like he's more built. Um, usually the short, the shorter guys, smaller players, the ones who are a little bit quicker, but he's actually very quick. He's got some, uh, some good wingspans and good length. It's going to be useful for stealing bases, but, uh, yeah, I, look, I, I thought, I thought Dag did the right thing, putting him at, at, at leadoff. Um, and, and he's going to get, he's going to, his bat's going to improve. Um, you know, I think there was one or two at bats he struck out in this weekend where, you know, he saw some good pitches, but there were some, there were some opportunities where he struck out where he was, you know, he was falling off, but he just barely missed the barrel of the bat. It looked like he could put a good ball in play. So he's, he's going to get better. Again, we're three games through, but, you know, I think I, I, I want to see Tuesday night. I know we play Southeastern. Look, Southeastern's a tough, a tough team. They're always really good, and it's a midweek game. But I definitely want to see some of these guys who really didn't play as well this weekend. I want to see what they can do against Southeastern, against maybe pitching that wasn't quite, isn't quite up to par with what we saw against Irvine. Again, you know, you want some of these guys who maybe like like a Lede or um, or maybe a, a Heath Hood who didn't, didn't didn't get on base, maybe kind of show some improvement on Tuesday to get ready for next weekend in Round Rock. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, our our schedule, especially our non conference schedule, is uh, intriguing to to say the least. We talked about it earlier. Southeastern's a good club. Obviously, the the weekend in Round Rock is going to be dangerous especially if you can win a couple of them. Um, Southern Miss, South Alabama, you got the weeknight game with LSU. You know, there's there's a lot of competition on this schedule. And, you know, it, it started that way for sure. I mean, the number 14 team in the country in some polls was, was at the Teague this weekend, and we were able to take two out of three rather convincingly. Um, so I'm I'm definitely excited about this team. I'm definitely excited about the the things that that they're going to be able to do going down the stretch as we get into to March and April, you know, the 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 grind of a of a college baseball schedule. But uh like I said earlier off the top, we're doing this as an opportunity to let you guys get in on an episode of Rage and Review. So if you guys have something to say, y'all want to make a comment about this weekend, please feel free to do so. Uh, we, we can't stay too long. We can only stay about another 30 minutes. So if you guys have something that, that y'all want to talk about, feel free to, to chime in on here. Are, are any of y'all going to uh, Round Rock next weekend? Yes. Yeah, I'll, I'll, say Josh I'll be there with about 10 or 12 of Section A, so that'll be fun. Well, try to make some noise. I I, uh, I won't be able to go this weekend. I've got the – We've got the little one. We got some family coming in, um, and uh, for Mardi Gras weekend, so we'll be kind of hanging home. But I, I, I'm just kind of curious. Do you know is the game on ESPN Plus? Is there a package deal? And, Flow and I don't baseball. Know, maybe you guys could share. Flowbaseball.com. And um, I'm and just for those who don't know, is there a um, a package that you pay for or? Uh, real, real quick. While y'all look that up, if there are any people that are waiting to speak. Um, you know, it's easy to have all these positive takeaways from a weekend series like this. I'm curious if anybody has any negative comments. Not because we want to be negative, but look, let's be realistic. It's still three games. I want to keep this all into perspective. Uh, if I had a negative, I would say, well, I mean, you could really spin this to be a positive. You know, Brandon Talley is the only team, uh, team member that came back and got preseason honors of any kind. And he struggled. Now, People are going to say he got he got beat up a little bit. I would say that he got squeezed on a few batters, walked two guys, and, you know, you had TR in right field because he had a sore arm and J-Bo was playing third base. 
I think I don't think Jabo is a true third baseman, even though he was recruited as a third baseman. I think if TR is playing that uh, playing third base that night, he makes at least one, if not two, of those plays. I think those two bunts for a hit were backbreakers, and you add in the two free base runners there. That's how you get a five-run inning. So I'd like to see Tally clean things up. I don't think he won't. He still has dev- devastating stuff. I also thought Ryan did him a, a disservice a few times in, in those series with those batters that got walked. Uh, so I would say middle relief, you know, again, Chipper. Chipper came in, and I didn't think that he had much movement on his pitches, and he doesn't throw hard enough to just throw it by people. So if he's not getting the movement that we expect from Chipper, he's not going to fool anybody. Uh, I, I, the, the other thing that was concerning is that he was supposed to get the start on Saturday, and then they changed it to Peyton late. Um, so I wonder if that was why, if the ball just wasn't moving or what. Well, I think with, other, I think with I, I still, Peyton, I still, I still like his his unorthodox style, and I still like his movement. I know a lot of people don't, a, few, a lot of people don't get why the, the coaching staff is in love with him. I see it. I'm just waiting for it to come to fruition. So my negative is middle relief. We gotta we gotta really work on middle relief. I think the thing with Peyton though is he performed well and he lost a bunch of weight to help him perform better. So I think that's why. At least on opening weekend, they gave him the nod. Um, I thought our Friday night guys struggled a little bit. Obviously, it's his first game and a new on a new team. But when you're the Friday night guy, you kind of got to get things off on the right foot for the team and for everybody else. It'll be interesting to see how well he can do next Friday. I think. Look, there were three different times this weekend we gave up three runs or more. And like we talked about, stay away from the three-run innings. Now, granted, we responded with some three-run innings uh, on offense, but, you know, those are going to be innings we're not going to have to – we can't. We just can't give up more than three or more runs in an inning. Uh, you don't want to give teams chances to rally. You don't want to give teams momentum. Now, the good news is we were able to respond to it. Uh, I thought our relief, uh, for the most part, our bullpen came in and did a great job. Um, pretty much maintaining, or should I say, l- lowering, lowering the, that that momentum and, and and limiting more runs. But you know that that's my biggest uh, takeaway as far as any negative negatives. I, I say just you know we, we have to try to tone down on giving up the three run inning. Um, you know you don't want to give teams a chance to rally. And um, again, I think it goes back to what Josh said. You know, uh, BT didn't have his best game the other night, and he was getting squeezed. Quite often, uh, again, give credit to Irvine for the, the their style of small ball and their bunting was almost perfect that night. And then, of course, Chipper just hit, Chipper wasn't really hitting his locations uh, yesterday, but he, that's only going to get better. So, um, again, I think the positives out of it was how we responded. I thought the guys that came behind them on the mound were able to to come in and do a good job, sort of minimizing the damage, as as Rob would say. Um, but yeah, that's really the one negative thing. Really, fielding wise, we only had one error all weekend, and that was on Friday night. So, you know, one thing that we lacked last year was consistent defense. I mean, we gave up one too many errors all last year, and uh, it looks like that's already been cleaned up so far. So, the overall, I thought defensively, we did a really, really good job. I thought Peyton was great, and I love Peyton Havard. If you go back to the two lane series, I don't know if it was the Friday or the Saturday, but he came in. He was one of the first relievers we saw as a true freshman. And even though, yeah, he wasn't as athletic as you would like, uh, he, dude, he wasn't scared of the moment. He threw strikes. He went after batters. I was happy to see he got the start on Saturday, and I thought he performed well. I think he made adjustments, you know, especially for a guy that's throwing 90-91. You know, the gun was saying 92. I didn't think it was that fast, but 
if he's going to throw high 80s, you know, low 90s with the changeup that he has, he can be devastating. Again, his attitude, he's not scared. I like, I like Peyton a whole lot. I don't know where he ultimately ends up on the rotation, if it's in the starting role, if it's on the midweek, and if it's middle relief, hell, I'll take him in middle relief. He's, again, he's not scared at the moment. So very happy for, for him and about his development. But I'll say this. I might be in the minority here. I thought Shifflett was very good. I thought his arm action was deceptive. I thought his fastball, if he can locate it the way I think he can, he is going to be a problem. I think he's a legitimate Friday night starter. Again, I thought Ryan Broussard was absolutely atrocious on Friday. Uh, you got to remember the electricity in the building kind of gets you amped up on Friday, especially opening night. I thought the, I thought he just had too much juice. I thought he tried to overthrow some pitches. But I think overall, uh, he's got legit stuff. I think he just maybe tried to overthrow a few times. But, no, I, I think Schiff was going to be great. Yeah, Drew, Drew was fine. Um, in my personal opinion, I think he got pulled a little too early. You know, like, like you said, I, I thought he – I can see the the maybe a little too amped up. Seems like he he released some of his balls a little too late, um, which made them end up catching the outside corner. But talking about Saturday and Sunday, I thought Havard and and today Jeff Wilson, I thought they were both phenomenal. Um, I, I like our, our our starting guys. You know, you look at it. We haven't seen Hayden Dirk. You haven't seen Austin Perrin. You haven't seen. You know, you haven't seen a lot of guys that are that are still in this rotation, still in this bullpen that can that can deliver and pitch well. So I'm I'm excited about our pitching. I agree that middle relief might be an issue. I would like to see a guy like Peyton Havard or maybe even Dirk, you know, hang out in that middle relief role because um, we we definitely need a guy there with an arm. But no, Jerry, you asked me about Round Rock next weekend. The only way to watch Round Rock. Is going to be through Flow Baseball. Uh, you can go to flowbaseball.tv. They only offer two subscription options. You can pay monthly or pay yearly. It's one fifty for the year. It's thirty a month. So obviously you save way more money paying for it yearly. However, we're never going to play on it again this year. Um, so take that how you will. Uh, not advocating for you guys to 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 spend money with Flow Baseball. But uh, that is that is the viewing option for for the Round Rock Classic this weekend. If you're not going to Round Rock, well, speaking of pitching too, and you told my guys you haven't even seen, you know, taking the mound yet. It's kind of what if you kind of look over the years. This is what the non-conference schedule is about: figuring out who are your guys. You know, I'm not really worried about the early part of the season. You know, non-conference this Round Rock trip. I'm not expecting the team to go out there and just dominate. You know, this is typically and historically look at Rove did it too. And I, I keep comparing this to Rove and all that, but Rove used non-conference schedule as the way to figure his team out, get his guys that he wants. That way come the later end of the non-conference schedule, rolling into the conference schedule. The squad is really solidified, rotation set up, lineup is set up and everything. So as far as like the round rock, you know, pitching rotation and how we're talking about rotation right now, I'm just waiting to see how everything kind of comes into fruition with all that kind of stuff. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. You know, it's early, plenty of baseball to play. I think there's still a lot of plugging and playing with both the pitching rotation and with the batting lineup. I mean, you, you saw players getting moved around all weekend. I thought uh, Warner Rincones 
did well at second base yesterday. Obviously, I'm a, I'm a fan of Bobby. Bobby struggled at the plate this weekend, but I think he's still, you know, your best option at second base. Rocco was was phenomenal at first. Tr was was Tr. Like I said earlier, Debarge was everything as advertised. Julian Burke I thought was phenomenal behind Julian Brock. I'm sorry, was phenomenal behind the plate. Again, I, I like the makeup of this team. I think we have a good bit of depth in a lot of crucial positions. I think we have a good bullpen. I think we have a good coaching staff. Like like I said, I, I don't know what else. I don't see many negatives early on. I mean, obviously there are negatives. Um, but again, I see I see more positives than, than negatives. I don't know if I'm in the minority on that or what, but I think this team's going to be special in 2022. To begin, I, I don't know if I'm just kind of now noticing it, but Deggs was a lot more vocal with the guy this whole weekend. Uh, I mean, pretty much after every pitch, after every batting, you know, there was something said to the player, encouragement, anything like that. But De- I found that Deggs was much more vocal to his guys this weekend than I've seen him in uh, seen his past couple of years. Well, this is great. I'll just say real, real quick, Jerry, I, I, Zach is 100% right, but I think that this team can take brutal and harsh coaching. I think there are some personalities on the squad last year that could not. And I'm not trying to put anybody out there. I'm just telling you what I've – when you're around these guys enough, you can kind of get the feel. And I think he's not scared to coach these boys. Yeah, and, and to, to add on to what you just said, Josh, look, this is Deg's team. I mean, like when I say this is his team, there's no leftovers from the tw- – well, there's a few. There's a few from 2019, but for the most part, you know, majority of, of this team is the players that Deggs recruited and the type of players that Deggs wants is that, you know, like Rob used to say, he doesn't want, you know, we don't want underwear models. And these are the type of players that Deggs recruited, guys that are willing to get their jersey dirty. You know, they're going to slide in headfirst if they have to sometimes and, and, and just have that mental toughness to carry them and carry this team. And, and I saw it in the last, few, the last few days. I mean, this is, these last, this whole entire weekend sort of epitomized a Deg style baseball team. And so that's going to, that goes a long way. Um, and like Josh, like you said, uh, last year, there were a few players that, you know, couldn't take the criticism, you know, couldn't take that sort of harshness from, from, a, from, from sometimes when you may mess up, you know, and, and I think these players, they, they, this team seems to know how to respond to that. And so uh, sometimes some players can take a certain style of coaching. Sometimes a player can't. And I think this team you're seeing can kind of take that, which will actually benefit more than anything because it just goes to show you they can face adversity. So it's going to be interesting to see. Um, but, yeah, I, I, like the, I like the attitude of this team so far. Does anybody else have anything that they want to chime in and, and discuss on, on this space, on this episode, talking about this weekend series with UC Irvine? We tried to pick MVPs before the season. My MVP did not start, so I'm not very smart. Uh, but – I'd like to see if you guys are, had a pick for MVP now that we've watched the team play. Connor Kimple. So I'm, I'm going to let you. Well, yeah, that's Kimple. Easy, that's yeah. easy, Matt. I mean, I'm sorry, but I mean, how, how do you go against three home runs in three games? All right, I should say, who's the MVP outside of Connor Kimple? Kyle DeBarge. I, I, I got one. Yeah. I, you know, you took mine, but you know what? I'm going to even go further. I'll say Carson Rockefeller. Um, He is a staple at first base. You know, there have been times where, a lot, you know, we've moved around first basemen. Um, we've had times where we've, we've sort of rotated, like, just <laughs> guys playing at first base. 
I think Rocco solidified that position this weekend. Uh, I think he's going to be the guy at first. Uh, I thought that clutch hit today was huge. Um, you know, he had a home run uh, the other day, and he got some big-time hits. And, and uh, you know, coming in as a true sophomore, he's kind of picked up where he left off last year, having a good freshman season. So I'm going to give it to Rocco. I thought Rocco did a great job at the plate. I thought he did a great job at first base. I don't think we have to worry like last year of who's moving around at first base. Again, he solidified the position. So I know, obviously, Connor Campbell did his thing. I had a feeling, Matt, you're probably going to say Kyle DeBarge. He basically, as a true freshman, I mean, he already looked like a veteran. So if there's anybody else behind those two, I have to give it to Carson Rockefort. Give me Max. Oh, Max Marshak. He was in the middle of everything. When we were scoring runs, he was on the base path. Give me, uh, give me Max. And he played great defense in, the, in center field. Nobody really talked about that yet. Excellent defense. I mean, nails at the plate. I'll take Max. I think they're all three MVP choices. Um, but, you know, I could only pick one. So, again, Cajuns take two out of three over UC Irvine. 7-4 Anteaters, 7-4 Cajuns, 5-3 Cajuns. Tuesday night, Southeastern coming to the Teague before the boys head to Round Rock for, for three games in the Round Rock Classic next weekend. Uh, if you guys are going to Round Rock, be safe. Um, if you guys are staying in Acadiana or even Louisiana, partaking in Mardi Gras, be safe as well because that following weekend, March 4th, 5th, and 6th, Southern Miss comes to town, and that's going to be one hell of a weekend. So if nobody has any closing thoughts we're going to go ahead and, and wrap up here. Um, let everybody get back to their to their families on this Sunday afternoon. We appreciate you guys taking the time to, to sit down and chat with us about this weekend. We will post this to our Captivate page and social media channels very soon. And uh, we will come with more episodes maybe later in the week. But once again, guys, thank you for hanging out with us. Be safe. Be well. And you guys know the drill. Go Cajun!